Look with me in Galatians, the third chapter. For a few weeks now, we've been on this subject about being redeemed from the curse of the law. Anybody stirred up about it? You know the reason you're stirred up about it? Because when you feed your faith on something, if it's revelation and it feeds your faith, it quickens you. There's a, there's a quickening. It's not dead and dull and boring and okay, whatever. Yeah, I've known that for 20 years. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's alive. It's living. And um, when you get, you know, bored about something, then that means you need to be fed on it. You need to be quickened. You've let some things slip. And you're also not doing it. Because if you were doing it, you'd be getting results, and that'd make you excited. <laughs> Either way, not being excited is not a good thing. Can you tell it's, it reveals some, some problems? Galatians 3, uh, did you turn there? And I believe it's verse 7 is where we, we've been starting. Galatians 3, 7. Let me just remind you that Galatians is in the New Testament. And it's written to the churches at Galatia, part of the same church we're a part of. Why would you say that? Because everything he's talking about is obviously directly applicable to the church now. In Galatians 3, 7, he said, uh, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are children, the children of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel or the good news unto Abraham saying, in you shall all nations be blessed. Did you hear what the Bible calls the gospel? It includes blessing. If you never hear about blessing, you're not hearing what the Bible calls the gospel. Let's read it again. The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before what? The gospel to Abraham. What did Abraham hear that's being called the gospel? In you shall all nations be blessed. Blessed. Blessed and blessing is part of the gospel. And of course it has come through the seed singular of Abraham who is Jesus. But through faith in him we have become the seed plural of Abraham and also qualified by Jesus now, inheritors of the blessing of Abraham. Can you say amen? Hmm, is that something good? Something you could be stirred up about? Well, verse 9 says the very thing. So then, they which be of faith, is that you? Have you received Jesus? Do you have faith in him and do you live and walk by faith 
Well, then you are. You're what? Blessed. With faithful Abraham. Abraham is not, was not, is not more blessed than you. You are blessed with. The blessing we have in our life today is right there with the blessing that was in his life. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. Jesus got it for us. Do most Christian people believe that? No, they don't. They'd look back in awe at what God did for Abraham. But think, well, you know, that's, he was a special case. You know, great things had to happen for him. Well, the Bible said, you're blessed with him. Say it out loud, I am, I am of, faith. of faith. And I am, I am. Blessed, blessed with faithful Abraham. I'm blessed like he's blessed. Hallelujah. I'm blessed like he was and is blessed. Keep reading. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. Well, now why would he, you know, you get so excited about what we just read in verse 9. Why are you going to start talking about the curse now? Because the curse is bad. And the curse you don't want. So how do we get rid of the curse? Well, cursed is everyone that continues not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is written, or evident, rather, for the just shall live by faith. Nobody could be justified and qualified to be blessed and not have the curse by the performance of of keeping the law. Everybody came short. Except Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he. Being sinless. Was the perfect sacrifice for us. And so he took the curse he didn't deserve. To free us who did deserve it from it. And gave the blessing he did deserve, gave it to those who didn't deserve it, by putting our faith in him. Verse 12, the law is not of faith. The man that does them shall live in them, it says. So you need to remember, when you're talking about Abraham, Abraham is not a man who kept the law. There was no law. When Abraham. There were no ten commandments. There were no statutes. There were no ordinances. None of that existed yet. So he didn't. He wasn't made righteous. By keeping the law. It didn't exist. He walked by faith. That's why. He's an example for us to follow today. Because that's how we're supposed to walk. By faith. He had a relationship with God. He knew him. He wasn't born again. But he knew God. He talked to God. 
heard from God. God called him his friend. Is that right? He entered into a covenant with God. Personal. Between him and God. And was willing to give God his only begotten son. Does any of this sound familiar? <laughs> so I, said, well, I thought God's the one who gave us his only begotten son. He did. He has. But he had a right to do it because a man gave him his. Oh, come on. This is covenant. Had a right to do it. Whew. There was no law. There was none. He just heard from God. And God said, I want him. And he said, okay. Right? Verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Have you ever read the curse of the law? It's in Deuteronomy 28. Have you ever read it? You should be interested because every bad thing that's in there, you've been redeemed from. You should be. You know what's in there? You know what's in there? Poverty's in there. Lack is in there. Sickness and every disease known to man is in there. Mental anguish. Mental problems. All of that. Defeat. Failure. All of that is part of the curse of the law. Tell me the good news. Say I, I. I have been redeemed. How come? Christ has redeemed me. From the curse of the law. For years, a lot of Christian people, they said, I, you know, Christ redeemed me, but they just stopped right there. From what? Redeemed means you've been bought or bought back or bought out of. The language is used describing somebody purchasing a slave's freedom. Something they could not accomplish themselves, but somebody else that had money and means paid for their freedom and bought them out of the bondage. And Christ has bought us out from under the control and power of the curse of the law. Whew. That'd be enough to say thank God all night long, all day tomorrow, all through the Christmas time. Just say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But if that's true, if you believe the Bible, you have to believe it's true. We just read it. If it is true, why do we see so many manifestations of the curse? In the earth and even among believers and church people. Why? Well, there's got to be answers, right? He right. said, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree, verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit, and this all happens through faith. 
Praise be to God. Why, if we're redeemed from the curse, are so many good believing, church going people still having so much trouble with the curse? Glad you asked. <laughs> Look in Zechariah 5, verse 1. There are answers here tonight. You go, are you believing with me for it? There are answers. Oh, thank God. The prophet Zechariah saw this in the spirit. He said he turned and lifted up his eyes and looked and behold there was a flying roll. Actually we'd say scroll. Put this in the NIV. How about it? And uh, see he said scroll. A flying scroll. Now that's the uh, precursor to a book. We might say a book. And uh, verse 2, he asked me, what do you see? He said, I see a flying scroll 30 feet long, 15 feet wide. That's, that's a big one. And he said to me, what? This is the curse that is going out over the whole land. Actually, what the King James says, whole earth, doesn't it? over the whole earth. For according to what it says on one side, every thief will be banished. According to what it says on the other, everyone who swears falsely will be banished. And verse 4, it goes on to say, the Lord Almighty declares, I'll send it out. It'll enter into the house of the thief and the house of him who swears falsely in my name. It'll remain in his house and destroy it, both its timber and its stone." He saw in the spirit the curse on a scroll. And it was going over the whole land. Other translations say the whole earth. Now if you were here with us last time, if you weren't, you know, you can, you can get online and, or get a CD or DVD and catch up with us. But we talked about how that God's forces are very powerful and once he releases them, they're self-sustaining. They keep going. Like light, gravity, electricity. God does not have to uh, stoke up gravity or light every morning to keep it going. When he released it, it's still going. And when he spoke, we, we looked at what he told Israel to do. He told part of them to stand on Mount Gerizim and speak the blessing, and part of them to stand on Mount Ebal and speak the curse, and all of this was written down on scrolls. And when God says something, he's never just saying you want to quit using that phrase too. I'm just saying, what does that mean? I'm, I'm talking, I'm making noise, but it means nothing. You don't want to do that. You're made after God's likeness and image. His words carry weight and power and change things. They create things and they change things. 
And you and I have the same ability in us. Most have never learned anything about it. Most have never developed much in it. But you and I are supposed to rule and reign even in this life through faith-filled words in the authority of the name of Jesus. Do you believe it or not? Jesus showed us how it's done when he walked the earth. He spoke to the wind and waves. They obeyed him. He, 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 He spoke to the dead. He spoke to fevers. He spoke to evil spirits. Somebody says, yeah, but, you know, he's the son of God. He's not doing that as God. He's doing that as a man. The Bible said he emptied himself of his mighty weight and glory and power and became like other men, Philippians says. And we're told if we believe on him, then the works he did, we will do. And greater works than these. If he did what he did as God, how can we believe that? How could we do the same works he did? And even greater works. How? He must have done them as a man. Is that right? Anointed with the Holy Spirit. And if he would anoint us with that same spirit, we begin to see the glorious possibilities of walking in authority and power. When he spoke, things changed. Oh, hallelujah. Well, when the words that we see written in Deuteronomy 28, it'll come to pass. If you'll listen, if you'll obey, all these blessings will come on you. Be blessed when you go out, when you come in, your basket, your store, etc., 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 and we got down to verse 15, if you won't listen, if you refuse to listen to me, all these curses will come on you when you go out, when you come in. Do you understand when God said that, it was released into the earth. It's still here. Are y'all with me, friends? The prophet saw it. And like we talked about last uh, Friday, a lot of people have died from gravity. Is that right? Would you say God murdered them? No. Well, he created it. No. Gravity is also a good thing. It's keeping us from flying off the surface of the planet. A lot of people have died from electricity. Haven't they? Did God murder everybody who died from electricity? No. They got on the wrong side of it. Come on, can you see that? Whose choice is it whether you're cursed or blessed? Many people try to say, you know, whether they come right out and say it or not, they imply people that are having, you know, don't have what they need and going through such terrible, terrible things. For some reason, God chose for them to have that kind of hard, terrible life. And somebody that's enjoying, uh, you know, plenty, we don't know why, but for some reason, God chose. No. The Lord said, I set before you life, death, blessing, cursing. You choose. He's not choosing. Somebody say, well, well, how is it that a lot of these kids and, and, and go through such terrible things? They're parents. And their parents' parents. And sometimes you got, you know, people got away from God generations ago. 
And their descendants are still paying the price for it. Because they hadn't got back to God yet. People made their own choice. But God has not changed. And the blessing is still here. And the curse (laughs) is still here. What we want to do is connect to the blessing and disconnect from the curse. Why would you say that? Well, go to the scripture. Let me show you. In Proverbs 26 chapter. Proverbs 26. Now I know I get a little adamant sometimes. But it's because of the persistent lies that are still in the church. Have you read Deuteronomy 28? Anybody in here? Have you ever read it? I don't think I'll take the time tonight. Eventually we're going to get into some more of the verses and take our time and look at them, I think. But he goes verse by verse talking about you'll be above and not beneath. You'll be the head and not the tail. You'll have so much, you'll be able to lend. You won't need to borrow. You'll be healthy. Your, Your kids will be healthy. Your livestock will be healthy. You'll have plenty of rain in your land. I mean, he goes on and on and on and on. Anybody tries to attack you, they'll get confused and run away seven different ways. And then he starts talking about the curse and how bad it'll be. You'll have all these diseases. You'll, you'll, have, you'll be broke. People will take your stuff and you'll have no power. You'll lose your kids on and on and on. Now that is very plain between blessing and curse. But you know what? Many, many, many church-going people today have believed is that a curse could be a blessing in disguise. Do many people preach this? It's a lie. But it is such a persistent lie. People won't even resist sometimes disease. They just give up and go, well, you know, I don't know why God chose to put this on me, but is it a curse or not? Then it's not a blessing. Don't act like it's some kind of good thing. Did you hear me, friend? Being broke is not a good thing. Being sick is not a good thing. Ever. We've all had issues, but it doesn't change the truth. No. And there's there's still this, this terrible confusion all through the body of Christ of people trying to convince each other and preaching to each other and believing these lies. You know, somebody had an accident. Teenager got killed. Well, we don't know, but you know, God took them and and we don't know why. No, God didn't take them. They went early and they went wrong. If they're believers, he received them. But he didn't take them. Wrong language. And having your body crushed in an automobile when you're 18 is not a blessing. There ain't no way you can make a blessing out of it. Contracting cancer or AIDS is no blessing. Ever for anybody. 
As long as you're confused about this, you will be absolutely faithless when it comes to receiving a healing or deliverance. If you're questioning the will of God about these things, you cannot have faith in these areas. And faith is how you receive. Faith is how you resist. You're not going to resist something you think might be the will of God. You're not going to go all out to receive something you're not sure it's God's will for you to have. That's why we must not, like the Ephesians says, don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. How are we going to find the will of the Lord? Don't ask everybody you know. Get in the book. Is that right? Get in here. Get it settled for you. Don't take my word about anything. Don't take any preacher's word about anything. Get in here. Get it settled for yourself. Is this a curse? Then God doesn't want me to have it. I'm not supposed to have it. In fact, I've been redeemed from it. Is it a blessing? I'm supposed to have it. Is that right? Go for it. Reach for it. Confess it. Lay hold of it. Never get the two confused. Never. Never. Get rid once and for all of this blessing in disguise stuff. That's not a biblical concept. God and the enemy are not working together. Ever. With anything. He's God's enemy. Enemy. Like I said, I get adamant sometimes. Why? These lies are killing people. These lies are destroying people. The enemy is just doing all kind of stuff unchecked. Unchecked. You got to stand up against him. You got to resist him and he'll flee. You got to lay hold of what's been bought and paid for. Do you believe it, saints? In order to do that, you got to be confident. In order to be confident, you got to be sure. You got to get it settled somewhere, sometime. Right? This is a blessing. It's good. God wants me to have it. This is a curse. It's bad. God don't want me to have it. If he'd have wanted me to have it, all he had to do is nothing. Just not let Jesus come. And I'd have been cursed. But Jesus came. And took my place. And took the curse in my place. And redeemed me from the curse. Take your time. Go read Deuteronomy 28 carefully. See how much bad stuff is in there. And how many of those things some people are calling blessings in disguise. Read it. And every time you see something so glory to God, I don't have to have that. Glory to God, I don't have to have that. Glory to God, I never have to have that. Glory to God, I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Did you find Proverbs 26, 2? What does it say? We've seen it before, but we're going to camp on it a little while tonight. Because there are great answers right here. As a bird by wandering, as the swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. How many like the sound of the curse not coming? (laughs) Do you like the sound of that? (laughs) The picture is that of a bird that flies around and around and around but doesn't land. 
doesn't light. And the picture is the curse that's going around and around and around, but doesn't land. Doesn't light, doesn't land. NIV says it like this, an undeserved curse does not come to rest. The NET says, the curse without the cause does not come to rest. The Amplified says, so the causeless curse does not alight. Do you keep hearing that? Not come to rest, not come to rest, won't come to roost, does not alight. Does not alight. Now here is the, you see some of the language on some of these translations, they they bring out undeserved, undeserved. So here's the question, do you deserve the curse? Because the curse, causeless, and that word causeless could be translated for no reason, for naught. It's translated oftentimes. The curse won't alight for no reason. There's got to be a connection. Now this goes hand in hand with Ephesians. And they'll they'll just put it on the screen for us. You don't have to turn there. Ephesians 4.27. Anybody remember what it says? Ephesians 4.27 says, Neither give place to the devil. This is revelation here. What does that mean? Can you give place to the devil? Can you? Yes. Yes. Many, many, many have. You can do it ignorantly. You can do it knowledgeably. And here he says, don't do it. The understood subject is you. Don't give place to the devil. Now, some of the things he's talking about here, one of the things he's talking about is anger and rage. And there are other things involved in this. But the Bible said, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. By not submitting to God, yielding to rebellion, you're giving place to the devil. Even when, when the law and the curse were first spoken of, what connected you to the blessing? Obedience. Right? right? What connected you to the curse? Disobedience. Can you see that? Well, we're not justified by keeping the law now, but there's still spiritual principles and there's still the curse and blessing in the earth. We see things like what happened with Job. What connected him to a lot of curse? He said the thing that he greatly feared came on him. And you you see the language in Deuteronomy 28 talked about the blessing coming on you. And it talked about the curse coming on you. Coming on you. Well, that's, you could say it like this, it landed on you. It lighted on you. So what makes connection with the blessing and what makes connection with the curse? 
Even though you've been redeemed, you can yield to wrong things. You can give place to the enemy, can't you? Any child of God, no matter that they are gloriously born again, their sins are washed away, they received and confessed Him as Lord, that doesn't mean you lose your will. You can go next week and do something stupid. You can yield the wrong things. You can give place to the enemy. You can do it after a year. You can do it after 20 years. You can do it after 60 years. You can yield to wrong things and give place to the enemy. If the enemy has place that you gave him, whether it's a little bit of place or more or a whole lot of place, what's he going to do with any place you give him? He's going to steal. He's going to kill. He's going to destroy. Doesn't matter if you were born again last week or if you're a preacher or who you are, you give him place. He's going to use it. Right? To steal, kill, and destroy. And can you see that's what's happening in the curse? You're being stolen from. Things are being destroyed. Things are being killed. The curse can't function without a connection. Just like electricity. Can you see that? We want to stay on the right side of electricity. We want to stay on the right side of gravity. And we want to stay in the blessing and stay out of the curse. One of the most basic things, one of the most basic parts of this is your mouth and your heart. Go to Deuteronomy, the uh, 29th chapter. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. you. Do you believe there are answers here tonight? Thank you, Lord. In Deuteronomy, you know, Deuteronomy 28, then there came, there's chapter 29 and then 30. All this flows together. And notice in chapter 30, verse 11, he said, chapter 30, verse 11, This commandment which I command you this day is not hidden from you, neither is it far off. It's not in heaven that you should say who will go up for us to heaven and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very nigh to you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. Have you ever heard that passage before? And you probably didn't hear it from Deuteronomy. Where did you hear it? Romans chapter 10. Well this must apply to us. Right? Right? If it's in Romans 10, because, I mean, that's some of our favorite verses, is how to get people born again, is Romans 10, 9, and 10. Well, this is what leads up to it. The Word is very near you. What's he talking about? He just got through going through all of Deuteronomy 28 and 29. He said, verse 14, the Word is very near to you. Let me just pause right here. The connector is very close to you. How how do I connect to it? 
Do I got to go all the way to heaven? No. Do I got to cross the furthest sea? No. It's close. The way you connect, the way you lay hold, it's close. How close is it? As close? Well, in fact, it's right under your nose. <laughs> right under. Anybody know what's right under your nose? Your mouth and your heart. Why? What are we saying? How was the blessing and curse released? Words. Words. God released it from power and wisdom and light and life and faith inside him. He released it. Just like he said, light be. And it's still going, buddy. Is that right? But when he says, you'll be blessed, that's still going. You'll be cursed, that's still going. Can you see this, friends? And people say, well, why, why did God do that to them? Why didn't you listen and do what he said and let the blessing manifest in your life and shut off the curse to you? Well, we talked about this a week or so ago, too. The biggest problem on the planet. I told you what it is. You know, yeah, I know. From Scripture. What's the biggest problem on the planet? Refusing to listen. Refusing to listen. That's the biggest problem. Why? People say, well, no, there's all these other problems. God can fix anything else. I don't care what's wrong with you. He can fix anything else if you listen to him and obey him, believe him and obey him. If you won't listen to him, but you harden your heart and stiffen your neck, the Bible said you'll be destroyed without a fix, without remedy. There's no fix for that because he would have to take you over and control you and force you. He's not going to do it. So there's no fix for rebellion and defiance. It's the biggest problem on the planet. The Bible said in Ephesians, the spirit of disobedience is the power of the air over the whole planet. Oh, you don't have to watch much and listen to much to see. Is there defiance in this earth? It's the nature of the devil himself. Defiance, stubbornness, rejection, refusal, rebellion. Nobody can tell me what to do. That's the biggest problem on the planet. It's also the connector to the curse that's already here, going over the whole planet. Defiant, won't listen, won't believe, won't trust, won't obey, connects you to the curse. Not just disobeying, not keeping the law. But refusing to believe, refusing to receive, refusing to resist. Keep reading. Verse 15, verse 14, let's read it again. Where's the connector? Where's the answer? Where's the solution to all this? Most people, most people wouldn't believe it's this simple, it's this close. Where is it? Well, think about this. If somebody's, you know, from the natural standpoint, hopelessly lost, can't fix their life, can't save themselves on their way to hell, how close is the fix to all that? <laughs> how close is them being gloriously 
Born again. All their sins washed away. How close is that? Come on, help me out. How close? How close? It's right there. As close as your heart and your mouth. You believe it in your heart and you declare it with your mouth. You're born again. And that's not the end. That's the beginning of your faith walk. That's the beginning of your walk with him. And everything else works the same way. How close is your healing? Same thing. How close is you getting your bills paid? It's the same thing. How close to getting that answer, getting that wisdom, getting that peace, getting that joy? It's all right there. It's as close. Because Jesus already bought it. Already paid for it. It's already been given. He doesn't need to do anything else to make anything else happen for anybody's healing or deliverance or salvation. It's been done. But what we're doing is either connecting us to the curse that's working through all the earth or is connecting us to the blessing. The word is very near to you. Somebody say it's close, close. It's very, very close. How close is it? As close as your own mouth, buddy. As close as your own heart, sister. That's how close it is. That's how close healing is. That's how close deliverance is. That's how close provision and protection. That's how close all that's in the blessing is. Verse 15. What does it say? See? See? <laughs> See, I said it before you this day, life and good and death and evil. Verse 19, in case you didn't get it, I'm calling heaven and earth to be a witness, God says, to what I'm saying. Isn't it amazing that so many millions of people don't believe this? He said, I'm telling you, I have said it before you. Millions are saying, no, God has chosen. Before we were ever born, he's making all the choices. God said, "Uh uh-uh. I called on record everybody in heaven and everybody on earth that I said it's your choice, not mine. I said it before you. Life. Death, blessing, cursing. Therefore, choose the right one. (laughs) Connect with the right one. What's the right one? Come on, help me out. What's the right one? The blessing. The blessing. What's the wrong one? The curse. So that both you and your seed may live. Psalm 107, verse 1. Put that on the screen for us, please. We've touched on this, but I think it'll mean more to you now. What does it say? Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is. Didn't say He's mean. Didn't say He's cruel. Didn't say He's got a dark side. He is good, and His mercy endures 
forever. So because that is eternally true. Verse 2. Verse 2. Verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say. I just don't understand it. But I guess this cancer is a blessing in disguise. I, I don't know why God chose for me to have it and do it. And you're connecting yourself to the curse and don't even know it. You don't believe the Bible. You don't believe it's your choice. You believe it's his choice. You believe lies. Well, I still don't understand why, you know, but I, it seems like I can't get ahead. Nothing, nothing I do ever works. I take a step or two forward and I get knocked back five. I get, you know, my folks were poor and I'm poor. I guess my kids will be poor. I don't, I get, you know, I guess God's chosen, you know, but he loves poor folks. He loves everybody. <laughs> we're poor, but we're proud. <laughs> That's two bad conditions. Y'all understand? And what folks do not realize, they're connecting themselves to the curse. It, it, much of it's ignorantly, but receiving the curse, acting like they deserve the curse. You remember we talked about how that they took Paul and that Roman centurion was going to scourge him and torture him and was tying him to the whipping post. You remember that we talked about that in the book of Acts? And as they're tying him to the the, to be scourged, uh, similar to what happened with Jesus. Do you know what Paul did? The Bible said when they did that to Jesus, Isaiah 53 said, he opened not his mouth. Jesus didn't open his mouth. But when they tied Paul to the post, you know what he did? He opened his mouth. He said, hey, hey, is it lawful? For you to, you know, to scourge a Roman citizen, uncondemned, is it lawful? And when he said it, oh man, they stopped, they dropped their stuff, they said, what? He's a Roman? They ran and told their officer, he said, what? He went out, left his office, came out and said, tell me, are you a Roman? I guess Paul's still tied up over it. He said, how many think he was really glad to say, yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. And the centurion said, uh, it cost me a lot of money to become a citizen. Paul said, yeah, but I was free born. I was born one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Apparently his father was a citizen. And immediately, is everybody listening? Immediately they untied him. They loosed him. They gave him their clothes back, basically apologized to him and were afraid. That they had tied him up. Now what if he hadn't opened his mouth? Did he deserve to be scourged? No. But would he have been scourged? Yeah. If what? If he hadn't opened his mouth. Let the redeemed of the Lord open their mouth. You better open your mouth. You better declare and say, no, I am not deserving of the curse. I've been redeemed from the, I've been redeemed. No, devil, hold up. Do you have a right? No, you don't. You better back off. 
Why? Yeah, I failed, you failed, but Jesus took our place. He redeemed us. That's right. I don't deserve the curse. I shouldn't be cursed because he was cursed in my place. If he was cursed in my place and I'm cursed anyway, then why did he do it? What good did he do? <laughs> by me being born again, by you being born again and placed in Christ, now spiritually, legally, we are undeserving of any curse. Any curse of the law. We are undeserving of it. We, we should not be cursed. But do most Christians believe that? No. When bad things happen and the enemy comes and, see, and says, now, see there, you know, you messed up so many ways. And here it is, you know, you've sown it and now you're going to reap it. And, and, and you're, you know, the chickens are coming home to roost. It's finally caught up with you. No, the curse causeless shall not roost. Do I deserve to be cursed? Is there a cause? Is there reason that I should be cursed? And the enemy would say, well, there's about a million reasons you ought to be cursed. You, you're sorry, excuse for a Christian. You've done this, and you hadn't done that, and you've done the other, and you've done the other. And if you're dumb, you'll go, yeah, I've failed in so many ways, and I know I don't deserve the, the least of the Lord's blessings. Well, we should have already established that. That's why Jesus had to come. Yes. But if you take it and you receive it and you say, well, yeah, that's, I just got to suffer through because I've been, see, you, you've connected to the curse. But let the redeemed of the Lord. Say so. Let them do what? Man, so. you better speak up, child of God. Amen. You better speak up. You better resist the devil. I mean, the first symptom of flu symptom, Amen. cold, right. stomach ache. Memory loss, financial problem. Come on, y'all, listen. I mean, have you read Deuteronomy 28? All of that's in there. The first sign of any of that, you better get your heart and your mouth in motion. You better begin to declare, no, no, I deserve no curse. Jesus took my place. He became a curse for me. He has redeemed me. Oh, man, it'd do us good to just go around all day and all night. Ever so often, just say, I'm redeemed. I'm ready. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. And if any curse shows up, it ought to just pop out of you. Uh-uh. No. No. We're not denying that the curse is in the earth. We're not denying that the curse is in many people in the church. We know it's here. We see it. What we are coming to a realization of is it has no right. It has no right to be in my life as a child of God. It has no right. And when I believe that and I affirm that and I know I'm redeemed, I will say so. I will say so. I will. Glory to God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say what? Say what? I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. I can't believe you're redeemed for you. You have to believe that for yourself. 
You can't believe I'm redeemed from me. I'm redeemed. Christ has redeemed me. From what? From what? From the curse. Everything and anything that's in the curse of the law. There are some open, all comprehensive statements in there. Like every disease not mentioned. <laughs> what does that cover? That, that covers any disease that will ever be discovered or named because it wasn't named. Come on, can you see that? God's smart. He's really smart. Knows the end from the beginning. Knows how much people like to wrestle and argue about stuff. If you just believe him, it just fixes everything. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Verse 19, let's finish reading this. He said, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing, cursing, and cursing. Therefore, choose life, say okay, Okay. that both you and your seed may live. How many know that your choices affect your children? Oh, yes, they do, good or bad. They affect your children. That both you and your seed may live, that you may love the Lord your God. Anybody here love the Lord? That you may obey his voice. How many still think it's good? You need to obey the Lord. Obey the Spirit. That you may cleave to him. For he is your life and the length of your days. That you may dwell in the land which the Lord swear to your fathers, to Abram, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give them. Hallelujah. That was the, the, these chapters are the summary of all these thoughts that began in 28. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. In closing, let me remind you of these things in Job 36, 11, and also we'll look in Isaiah 119. The reason I read these now, what we just read in Deuteronomy is not an isolated thing. You'll see this prior to this. You'll see this in the prophets and Psalms. You'll see this in the gospel accounts. You'll see this in the epistles. This revelation that it's our choice. It's our choice. He said, verse 36, if they obey and serve him, what'll happen? They'll spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. But, verse 12, but if they obey not, do you get the same thing? Whether you obey, you don't obey. Whether you believe, you don't believe. You say, I'm redeemed, or you say, I deserve it. You, no. They'll perish by the sword and die without knowledge. Isaiah 119. A lot of modern Christians quote this. But again, you see both sides. God has released it, the blessings in the earth and the curses in the earth. We want to remove anything that connects us to the curse. Talking fear, unbelief connects you to the curse. Being stubborn and rebellious and disobedient connects you to the curse. It's not that God's trying to do anything to you. It's in here. It's taking out anybody it can. The devil, is the devil still in the earth or not? Is he still trying to steal, kill, and destroy? Certainly. I mean, he, he knows better than most Christians that they're redeemed. But he knows if they don't know it, he can still kill and destroy. They won't resist him. If you be willing and obedient, you may half starve, 
Because God's developing piety. No, see, you become hopelessly confused if you're obedient and love God and you're cursed. Can you see that? You, you become completely confused. And that's where a lot of people are. No, you're not cursed because you love God. You're not cursed because you obey. Now, the enemy's always trying to do some stuff, but greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And when you're doing what the Lord tells you to do, there's grace to do it. If you'll be willing and obedient, what'll happen? What'll happen? You won't drive the junk. You won't live in the falling down stuff. You will enjoy the good, the best. And verse 20 says, but, but if you refuse and you rebel, I'm understand, electricity will help you or it'll hurt you. Gravity will help you or it'll hurt you, depending on which side of it you get on. You, how many understand, to be on the stubborn side, the hard-headed side, the disobedient side, is to be on the cursed side. Can you see this? To be on the faith side, to be on the listening to the Lord, walking, following the direction of the Spirit, walking in love, that's on the blessing side. Amen. Is that right? You, 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 you prevented anything where the curse can connect to you, and you're purposely connecting to the blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Letting it flow on you. Letting it flow in you. Letting it flow through you. To other people. Praise God. Stand on your feet everybody.